Hi, James. Ben, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Doing all right. It's it's been a little bit of a long week. I've been um a, a bit out of it, but I'm on the mend. It's it's been a rough run these past few weeks, but I'm hoping I'm coming to the end of it. Yeah, nose nose is okay. Nose is all right. Eyes are right, and then this. It's just like I've I've been taking a few punches, but it's you know that old thing. It never rains. It pours. Right. Yeah, it's been a rough. It's been a rough. It, 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 at least it's been a a uh, a rainy spring for you, as opposed to like the rest of California. Right? Yes, this is true. This is true. <laughs> so this week, I, I thought there's one thing I wanted. To, we we talked about it a little bit previously, uh, but I just this light bulb moment. I'm kind of annoyed at myself for not for not getting this before. Mm. But but you'll recall we talked about and I wrote about like the the Amazon tax idea mm-hmm. uh, a while ago. And this idea is that basically if you squint all of Amazon's businesses are are re- kind of the same and you know you start with AWS and retail and yes retail started with a traditional retailer model where they would sell items and collect a margin on them mm. but a- as they've shifted to this general merchandise that's taking off more and more of of their profits and this is a reason I was you know unfortunately temporarily bearish on them mm. like there's no margin there like just no margin at all and 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 there wasn't going to ever be and is like well wh- what are they doing now and you know, kind of became clear over the past six months to a year that even the retail model is becoming more of a it's a fulfillment model, and they're and they're skimming money off the top between not just the the general merchandisers, but also third party merchants, which is growing hugely as part of what they sell. And they're and they're just they handle all the part in the middle, and they own the customer relationship. And then they're just you know they take off. They get hundred bucks from the customers who are in Prime, mm. and then they take off the the margin from the third party merchants, and then. They get some margin on the stuff they sell, but but really not that much. But it's all about kind of just skimming, just like AWS is like a skim off of like computing in the economy generally, mm-hmm. right? And so I said, and it kind of seems like they're they might be building out this model to some new areas. And one, for example, was was logistics, where uh, at least for now they're building up base kind of baseband uh, capacity. You know, I analogize it to like nuclear plants and like the power grid, right? That mm. It's always there. And then they're going to make FedEx and UPS handle the peaks. Right. But you could certainly see in the long run that being built out much more, much, much more fully. Uh, and the other one was, was the echo. And I kind of threw it in this article and oh, I got I got a fair bit of pushback on that. Like, okay, the echo's nice, but let's, you know, so let's settle down there. Like, you know, how are, how is this going to be? How is this a tax or how are they going to make a lot of money? And I kind of, it's, it was, and it was a fair pushback. Uh, you know, it was like, well, are they going to make money by selling the device? And then all stuff's on top of it. Like that you kind of see how it works, but it wouldn't seem like Amazon to be selling a high margin physical device mm. and that being how, how they make money. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I'm so annoyed I missed this. <laughs> so Jeff Bezos at the code conference, uh, uh, this and had the interview kind of like the, 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 and first night keynote that used to be Steve Jobs. And this is the first time Bezos has done eight years, but I hope he does it every year because it was a fantastic interview mm. from beginning to end. If you haven't listened to it, uh, I'll put the links in in the podcast. But it was everything was great. He's a remarkable business thinker. Just a thinker in general. I yeah. mean and, and and it was interesting because Musk went the second night and Musk was fascinating uh for lots of reasons. We maybe we can even talk about mm. talk about him a bit. We're we're a bit open, open topic today. Mm. But Though, yeah, Bezos is so. Uh, 
I, I, he's just so structured and systematic in his thinking. And, and it's really, it, it was a delight to listen to, and he doesn't do these very often, and so I, I hope it continues. But anyhow, right off the bat was talked talk about this AI stuff and, and, and Alexa, and what he said was, I'm going to quote, and this very, this very simple stuff, which is out there, but for some reason him saying it really crystallized it for me. We exposed two different SDKs for Alexa. One is the Alexa voice service, which lets you, through a set of APIs, embed Alexa in your own device or app and do with it what you want. So you can make an alarm clock and you can embed Alexa voice services in it. And then we have the Alexa skill set, which lets you teach Alexa new skills. And those two things work together. So first off, just that phrase, you can embed Alexa in your device or app and do with it what you want. Like that is such an encapsulation of the different way that Amazon thinks about this sort of service, as opposed to Apple thinking about Siri, mm. for one. Like, Apple, we're five years in. They're finally reportedly going to have an SDK at WWC. I'm sure it's going to be very, you know, it's going to be very controlled and limited, and who knows what you have to do to get into it. And this idea of just letting customers do with what they want, like, that's so anathema to the very idea of, 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 of Apple and, and mm, what they mm. do and what they think. It's also, though, kind of anathema to, to Google. Exactly. Like, yes. Google, Google is, like I've said this before, Google is just as much of a singular focused product company than Apple is. Their products are just cloud-based. But, but it, Google is all about Google in many respects. And they've never been that great at building an ecosystem around them. The idea that they would expose Google Voice for other non-Google users to use is just something that seems unfathomable, right? Yeah, or Google, or Google, the Google Voice services. Yeah, not Google Voice, right. the, the unfortunate uh, app that's not taken care of. You're right, right, and just and it. The key here is the mistake that I made was conflating Echo and Alexa. And th- there's been some discussion, like well, it's confusing. Why are they? Why are they different names? Just call it the same thing. But but that that they have to be called different things because what Echo is. Echo is the first best customer for Alexa to get Alexa out into the market, to get it started, to get it off the ground, just like the Amazon retail store was the first best customer for AWS right. and is the first best customer for their logistics thing that they're building up and, they're fulfilling, and all this sort of stuff. And the long run, and it's obvious, like it, it's they're not being bashful about this. You just said it right there. The long run is Alexa being a service that's available to anyone and everyone that will learn, that has standardized way to interface it, has standard APIs that Amazon itself uses and exposes to outside developers, just like AWS, and and becomes... It's everywhere. This like just this week, like Pebble announced this new little cube thing that you can put on your keychain, and you can attach headphones to it, and boom, you have voice interaction with Alexa anywhere you go. Like it, it's it's already it's already starting, and in the long run, is we're moving to this increasingly distributed world, like this Internet of Things world, blah blah blah. And I know like it's easy to get annoyed because the hype cycle, mm-hmm. right? It's way oversold and that goes down, but it, but you know it makes it make it makes sense. Like it's it's all going to be Alexa because it's not just the technology; it's that Amazon understands how to build ecosystems around itself. An ecosystem is not about keeping 
the, the majority of profits for yourself. Like a number that Microsoft used to track back in the day when they were at the top of their game was how much of the revenue in the window, Windows ecosystem do we capture? And their goal was to keep it under 30%. And the idea was software vendors, OEMs, system integrators, installers, consultants, they, they, like the, the whole ecosystem, everyone that was involved in, in getting Microsoft products onto computers and enterprises and consumers' homes, that they, everyone be making – that's what a real ecosystem is. That's the difference between an ecosystem and a platform. Apple right now has a platform. Google has a platform. But, but Amazon has the, has, the, has the culture and the way of thinking and the internal structure to build an ecosystem. And that's why I am more convinced than ever that actually – I said this when the Google Voice when, – when Google released Google at Home, that Google at Home initially as a standalone product is almost certainly be better than mm. the Echo and Alexa because Google is good at, at like asking questions and giving you answers, right? But I said I am not counting out Echo because Amazon is a – is an ecosystem company in the way that Google isn't. And they're already demonstrated the sort of thinking that goes into building that. It's all about standardized interfaces. It's all about not having the best integrated experience because the best integrated experience doesn't scale. It doesn't scale to, to, to multiple devices, to multiple services. And they're already from day one on this. Google, meanwhile, is like, oh, we'll announce an SDK next year. Like, it's not a priority. That's not their focus. And it... And Amazon's going to win this. They are going to win the the AI assistant game. I, I'm calling it right now. Like, be, and it's not it's not just that they have a head start. It's not just that it's Echo and Alexa. It's that the way they think and function as a company, the the end game for this stuff is looks a lot more like AWS than it looks like Google Search. And Google is building a product that's going to look a lot like Google Google Search. And Amazon's building a product that's going to look a lot like more like AWS. And I'm going to bet on the AWS model. It's the, just the way that they have, or the way that Bezos has built this thing and by this thing this sprawling behemoth it's it's uh taking the scale that you use in one area and then using that to spin up another business i mean and he he talked about this in the interview how the business that he built was based on all these investments that had already taken place like the u.s postal service and whatever and if they'd had to build that out themselves it would have taken them billions upon billions of dollars of capital but that an internet and all those things but they were able to leverage that the the extent to which they've been self-aware about all the additional things that they wished they'd had as they'd been building out this business, building it themselves, but rather than just thinking about building it for themselves, thinking about them being customer number one, using the scale to get the thing stood up and effective and working for a demanding customer, and then the nature of the way in which these businesses all kind of have these uh, – uh, modular interfaces then just means it's a case of almost flicking a switch and allowing the outside world to plug in. And if Amazon needs these things, well, chances are lots of other people do as well. And in the same way that it, it um, I'm like imagining these series of kingdoms where they use the, the fact that there's a scale in one place to start another one and then they build an ecosystem around it and that ecosystem becomes their moat it's it's almost like you have the the kingdom in the center and the big palace and then you have this bustling city all around and it becomes so hard to breach because there are so many people who depend on it and feed into it and make it better 
Yeah, no, it, it, that's exactly right. And I love that you went back because that was my other favorite favorite quote about Bezos. Is it was, it was my favorite quote for a few different reasons. I actually I cited it in the context of talking about the uh, the the, the, Twil, the Twilio IPO. This idea that the explosion of entrepreneurship on the internet, like just acknowledging what came before, right? The fact that there was fiber cable all in the grounds because of long distance telephony and also because the dot-com bubble right mm. the dot-com bubble funded all this right. all this fiber that was dark for years because they all went bankrupt but it was there right and and the i mean the u.s in the u.s defense department inventing the internet right like i mean there's and there's all this stuff that went into and Microsoft getting a computer on every desk. Like, all the conditions were there for Amazon. And first off, it's so refreshing to hear him say that, to like actually acknowledge mm. that Amazon didn't create their model by their own, you know, mm. hard work and sweat, like, you know, Anne Ryan building a bridge, like that they <laughs> actually being appreciative of what came before right. them. I mean, what a refresh what a what a that refreshing very true. statement after the last few weeks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right, a but bit of a contrast to last week. Yeah. Um, so one that was great, but two, the context of of Bezos being asked this was he was saying why he's investing in the space stuff. Right, he wants to create the core technology for you know future entrepreneurship around space of that, which is great, good for him. Um, uh, and it, it, you know it is inspiring to hear him and and, and must talk about it. But um, but. What AWS, I mean, we've already talked about this. AWS, the way it's enabled new businesses and new startups to get off the ground without any external funding. You don't have to buy a bunch of servers. You don't have to buy a bunch of proprietary software. And in conjunction with open source has been a huge, huge part of this. Like, the, I mean, you, you, it, it's awesome because it, the way it's unleashed so many possibilities and potential, like, and, and it's the same thing with, with Alexa. Like the, yes. the fact of the matter is, most most startups, most companies can't build an intelligent voice assistant. But there's so many products that could be made better yeah. with the addition of it. And and what, yeah, it's, 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 it's not it's just awesome. that. It's not just products that could be made better. I, I wonder how many products this is going to spawn that wouldn't have existed otherwise, and how many of them are going to do something. Like, so, like you just mentioned the keychain, like you have a little cube keychain that you can talk to that you carry around with all the time. That's super cool. I don't know what's going to be the category killer, but how many different products that can be dreamt up by people as a result of this service being made available to the world? And it also, it also, I mean, this stands in, it, it, it makes me wonder in, in the same way that you called the artificial intelligence, um, uh, th this this fight between Amazon and Google for Amazon based on the way that the models evolve. It also makes me wonder, like this is the space that Apple is playing in with the watch in terms of a personal assistant. And um, one of the one of the big things that uh, that that Apple has that previously most other small organizations have not had is access to this this ability for smart voice recognition. And now, like that's now completely open to anybody and it's going to be really interesting to see whether um the the let a thousand flowers bloom approach of that uh 
that Amazon has or whether they're very specific, we're going to make one product and the traditional approach that Apple's taken to design of its products, which of those two will be dominant in this next round of um, as the paradigm starts to shift off the phone? Yeah, well, I mean, the the problem is like, I mean, we as we've said for a long time, like the the potential for the watch is is it's 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 a okay product as it is now, but the it's being you know the key to your life, in, in, interacting with you know the being your badge at work, mm. being you know unlocking your unlocking your car, unlocking mm-hmm. your house, like you know being an interface with with all sorts of things in your life, being your identity going around, and like the, the you have to ask like what evidence is there for apple that they can foster that sort of ecosystem i mean the the, apple's ecosystem to the extent they've built it has been them dictating terms to like case makers and ipod speakers and uh you Mm. know and and app makers yes and it's been it's been very valuable no no question about it but there's no like it's always come from a position of dominance like apple's apple's uh, been so successful that it's been able to dictate, and because of its position of success, people have wanted to, uh, to people have wanted to get involved. Whereas Amazon is the way it's been structured is almost like we're going to engage you to co-create it. Like you're going to help us get to success. And of course, it's not the case that the speaker manufacturers and the app menu app makers and so on didn't help make Apple successful. The difference is the stage at which it started to uh, really lock that success in. It's like people are coming out before one thing is built to help it get there. And the other is kind of waiting for it to be successful and then only reinforcing it. Yeah. And what's, what's so going to be so powerful about, about, you know, the Amazon approach and maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic, but I, I feel pretty, I feel pretty strongly about this is Amazon is going to be able to leverage the developers that are going to build on this ecosystem and not, both on the software side they have like they have two SDKs right one goes on the software side one goes in on on, on the hardware side and to get the volume that they mm. need to get the sort of positive feedback loop on the right. performance of, of of Alexa and and instead as opposed to building up the capability first and then letting developers plug in, right? It's going to be this symbiotic relationship that mm. both benefit from. Again, like much more, uh, the, the more appropriate example here is is Microsoft. And, and that's that's been the mistake. And I, I mean, I, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but like my reaction, you know, the, the reaction to Google I.O. and this whole Apple's doomed sort of narrative, which actually is finally a, a relatively valid one because once you get to an area where, you know, physical interactions are not the key way to interact mm. your device, that's going to be a problem for Apple. And again, medium to long term, the it's always been framed as, as Google's in better shape. But my reaction to Google I.O. was I'm worried about Google. And I'm worried about Google because, again, as we we talked about, the, the go to market, like wh- where where do they plug in with the customer? Where do they connect with the customer? And that's why the real threat to both of them is Amazon. And it's and it's Amazon on the one hand because they're just better at cloud stuff than Apple. They're better suited to it. They do it better. And and on the flip side, their go to market is going to be as a partner and as a part of all these all these other services and devices and products that are going to go to the customer on Amazon's behalf. And Amazon is equipping and enabling them to do so above and beyond the fact that Amazon has a pretty good relationship with customers of their own. 
It's it, you know what's coming to mind as you say that it's um it's this perpetual dance of the giants and how they kind of face off against each other and sometimes align a little bit more closely with each other depending on the nature of the way the industry evolves and if you start looking at it from the perspective of one organization that has a problem with getting access to customers and its lack of go-to-market and another big organization that has um, fantastic access to customers and will do so for the medium to long term but has a problem with services, it starts to – I start to wonder whether as this happens that you start to see a little bit more of a – well, some of the relations, the thaw, the uh, icy relations starting to thaw between Google and Apple as this comes to bear because I agree. It's it, w- what you've just described is a feasible way in which Amazon's able to generate more of the data and more of the learning that is so critical for – um, f- forgetting these big cloud uh, artificial intelligence services, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we've always been at, or- at war with East Asia, right? I mean, mm. the, the, the the truth is is that Amazon is a massive threat to both Apple and Google, and they're a threat to Google because, well, one, Amazon's a huge advertiser on Google. Uh, I mean, the and the degree to which people want to buy things and they just go straight to Amazon instead of to Google is is a threat. So they're a very direct threat in that in, in that respect. But they're they're also, but they're now they're also a threat to kind of Google's kind of long term play again, just because of of, of the access they're going to have, and and that long term play is we've already identified is the long term threat to Apple, and and you have like as we move to this world, like and you, you just think about it, like because like what's we've talked about again and again, what's the the the, the world kind of. Expands and contracts. It's like it's like mm. a pendulum going back and forth to being very highly distributed to being very centralized, distributed, decentralized, right? And so we had the PC, which was very centralized, and Microsoft was dominant. Then we kind of moved into this internet era where it was like you know this this explosion, and there's all these sites that are everywhere, and the and the company that came to dominate there was the one that that captured the abundance and gave you and and aggregated it, which was Google. Right then, we moved to the smartphone era area where again you had a very centralized sort of in, index of control, you know, uh, which was you know iOS and Android, and now we've gone into this this bigger area online where Facebook is the front page of like the the abundance on the internet on on one hand, but when it comes to everything offline, like all the things beyond beyond news and text on the internet like amazon is just so is 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 just better placed not just strategically but again as a company as the way they think about the market as the way they think about building ecosystems and and i i this is why i've been so bullish i mean again i this specific point i, I wasn't as clued in on but generally speaking why the two th- companies i've always been the most bullish on are facebook and amazon and in, they're they're very much um you know th- there's there's certain parallels to them and and this idea of them both being the infrastructure of their respective domains is super powerful. I mean, because Facebook, it's not just about being the front page. It's about building out the ad network. It's about the Facebook audience network and actually – which isn't great now, I know. We're t- looking forward though. The idea of Facebook being the ad server for the internet and for all intents and purposes, right? I mean – that's 
that's a pretty good place to be. And Amazon being the intelligence and core of all these services and all these web pages, whether it be through AWS or be through Alexa, like it's it's uh in an explosion to be the 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 under what what is underneath it that ties it all together. That's that's a it's a pretty good place to be. It's uh, it, it kind of um was just rammed home for me when you said that when you think about the way we spend time on the internet. There's like between the two companies, obviously, I don't think it's completely exhaustive, but between the two companies, they're going to have whether uh, like uh, consuming, <laughs> consuming news, consuming media or engaging with friends, Facebook's got it covered. And increasingly the case that Amazon's got a lot of the rest of the stuff covered. When you start to position it like that, it's kind of crazy the extent to which um, the, the, the two of them are so well positioned for the future. Right, um, and, 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 and it, it's to both of their benefit, and this goes back to the article you wrote, wrote wrote a few weeks ago. It's to both of their benefit, and it was critical to their success that they both failed at phones. Yes. Because w- that enabled them to approach this new opportunity in, 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 a, in a horizontal way as opposed to if you own the phone, you're forced into a vertical mindset. And again, this is why I've like uh, – the, the longest running theme in Certechery is this idea of there being these orthogonal business models and you can't be one or the other and, and one builds on the other. And whatever in the long run disrupts you know Facebook and Amazon is probably something vertical because that's just how, how, how the thing works. But they, it's to their benefit that they're not tied down to any phone. They're not tied down to any specific platform. They can sit on top as this meta platform, which is, again, exactly what Google did to Windows. They sat mm. on top of it and and in a place that Microsoft couldn't really touch them, just as Apple can't can't really touch Facebook and it can't really it can't really touch Amazon. You just keep building up the stack, and then as you as you start to be the one that's building at the very top level, it doesn't. It seems to matter less and less what sits underneath. Right, that's that's how it works. That's the way it's it's worked for 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 fifty years. Like you you just you 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 go you go up you go up the level, and you know that that's. Yeah, just the way it's just the way the world works, and and people who get wrapped up in, you know, and there are very very few companies, if any, that that translate from a dominant position in one level to one right in the, next. the next because it's not in their interest to start burying the layer that while they're on top with something else, they're just like happy being on top. Well, it, 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 it's not just that. It's that you can still be very profitable at being the layer below the, the, the big layer, right? Mm. Microsoft actually made more money in the decade when they were doomed than they did ever before right. previously, right? It's... In the, the decade where Google was sitting on top of them, aggregating all the internet content and making making Windows irrelevant, like Windows became irrelevant long before mobile came along and long before mm. sales started to decline. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing right now. iOS, like Apple can make as much money as they want, but this 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 building like I've been saying this for a few years now about Facebook building on top building this like when Facebook had their phone thing, I was saying this at this time, like this is such a bad idea. Like Facebook, you want to build on top. as an advertising platform, you don't want to be a phone. Like because then you're you have apps competing with your advertising. It doesn't work. And like and you, you could see this back in 2013 when I started Stratechery, when Apple was at the peak of their game, but the relevance of owning the OS layer was already fading. And mm-hmm. we're just seeing that, we're seeing it come out to fruition now. And I, I feel okay saying this because, I, I mean, I wrote it at the time. It's, it's, it's fascinating how um, 
the financials are such a trailing indicator. Uh, Always. And, and yeah, it is. But the extent to which um, the extent to which people judge company health so often by financials and um, the lag associated, particularly in the building of these uh, building on layer upon layer, it's it's actually the case that when these companies look look like they're on top of the world, that actually is it's it's that's when they're in trouble. Yeah, and, that, and that's the that would be the concern for I think Facebook, for example, right? I mean, Facebook's the the Facebook's going to be incredibly profitable for the next decade probably mm-hmm. but those profits were were got locked in in like 2012 2013 when they made their pivot and they figured out their their advertising on mobile and in in the feed and all that sort of stuff right they are now reaping that and the, the in the but the danger like so now everything from from here on out the financials are going to be amazing there's going to be not going to be any reason to question things but that that means like that's this is when the actual danger is. And I, I put this right. line in the culture thing, right? The problem, the the, the cult leadership is not about making decisions in a time of crisis, right? It, it, it's about the times when you're when you're actually when the threat actually arises, and you know this is where like the Snapchat thing is a big deal, and this is where because like if you think about it, Snapchat is 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 kind of building a vertical sort of advertising business right it's totally self-contained from the bottom to the top like they're building up this sort of broadcasting model and they're not because they're not owning identity they're not necessarily going at least for now going to build like a snapchat ad network across the internet or something like that right Mm -hmm. and 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 you can see and then them stealing attention and yeah i mean this is why like i i suspect over the next little bit because you know, I think my job is done as for pointing out the Facebook opportunity is now. And I, if you notice my last few articles, I've been a little more critical of Facebook because they like no one needs me to tell them now that Facebook's successful. Their financial statements will do that. Will do it for themselves. Right. It's it's true. But it again, it's been a lagging indicator. It's the the. <laughs> that you were saying that while the financials were still sh- it, it, the finance I won't say they were shaky but they certainly weren't painting the same compelling picture that they are right now right and and I mean that's and that's just that's just the way I mean that's just the way the way things work I mean it's funny because I sometimes get this debate and I always I, I sometimes respond to people like I'm not a journalist like if you want me to report on a company's current results like usually about Apple and people c- complain about the Apple st- stuff like if you want me to report on the company's results like there's lots of journalists that that report after earnings calls exactly what they were, mm. right? Like any value that I hopefully bring to the table, and this is why I'm wrong sometimes. Will freely admit like I am, like like I, both Facebook and Amazon, I had wrong at different times, but but is like trying to figure out where it's going to be five, six, seven years ago. It's not or yeah. ago in the future. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's not easy to to predict it. Um, it's certainly not easy to predict it, and you, you don't have full visibility into into the way things are operating. Like the the the, the it it can appear from the outside like Amazon is selling more uh, just general consumer goods, when really what's happening is that they're shifting behind the scenes into something that's 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 uh, it's almost like a real estate company for the internet era in that they are they are the westfield shopping mall of the internet era they are yes. the ones that are providing the services for the retailers to come along but it's it's hard, it's not necessarily easy or apparent to see that distinction because from the outside 
they kind of look indistinguishable. That, I love it. That's such a great analogy. And, and those mall real estate, real, estate, real estate companies were crazy profitable. And, and, and yeah, you had no idea what was going on. But that's exactly what's happening. I mean, there was a story... Uh, there's a story I, I highlighted about like Gap, like in their last earnings call or investor meeting. Like, yeah, of course we're considering selling on Amazon, like because like you have to go where the customers are. And, and I likened companies like Gap and their their co- cohort, many of which are going bankrupt. Like they're like the the small and medium sized, or like they're like print newspapers, right? Like they benefited from geography, they benefited from cap a captive customer base. And when that's all gone away, all the customers have gone to the new mall, and and you're left like all all, all you can do is just, you have to go where the customers are, and and they're they're. They're they're at Amazon, and Amazon doesn't even need to sell the stuff anymore. They can just they're they're becoming more and more this pure marketplace, which is that was always the criticism of Amazon. It's like how can Amazon as a retailer like it's much better to be like eBay, like a two sided marketplace, mm, mm. right? And actually, Amazon is evolving into exactly that. Mm, it, yes, when you were describing it at the beginning of the show, that's exactly what I was thinking about. The difference being that I think they've managed to do a better job of not just being a two sided marketplace, but a destination that people go to as the like they don't just go there when they're thinking of selling something. They go there when they're thinking of buying something, whereas I think eBay's only managed to do that to a much smaller extent. Yeah, I mean that, that that's a that's an old story by for yes. sure at this point. But I mean, honestly, so here's the, like I can, I think Facebook is like I I think Facebook, I think people again always look to think Facebook's doomed. I think Facebook reinf- reinforces this because they tend to be paranoid, including their public statements, like they're dominance and ownership of identity is so strong like again i think especially from a business perspective they are in great shape but with facebook you can at least envision a scenario where where they kind of go down like especially if attention really gets drawn away even though it's not necessarily happening yet but you can at least envision it right it's like what is going to stop amazon like it's difficult. Like Amazon is fashioning itself as the utility company for every significant business that that runs on the internet, like artificial intelligence, uh, retail, um, you know, cloud services, like logistics. Like, and these are these are there's so much investment that goes into these, and so much like uh, capital outlay. Like the moats for these areas are just unbelievably massive and deep and huge like amazon is is like the railways and the cable companies and and the phone company and like like like, what's gonna stop them (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna make a throwaway comment and then uh follow it up before i allow you to jump on it it would take google discovering ecosystems to do it and we both know Given our understanding of culture, how likely that is to happen? Yeah, well, I mean, everyone thought everyone thought Google would smash AWS. Mm. Like, and that I think that is a that's a way to think about what all might this happen. other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, like AWS when it started was this little weakling that Google could have smashed, but 
they didn't think that way. They didn't think about margins in that way. They didn't like build out their systems in that way. And by the time they woke up to it, which was like six months ago, like AWS is this monster with all this momentum and all these built-in services that are that are locking customers in. So you know it's increasingly difficult to switch away. And and you in so you think about that, you go to go to AI. Like I'm sure Google is gonna be better. And the problem though is Google itself is sure they are going to be better. Mm. Which means that as Amazon is approaching the market differently and building up a flywheel with as with an ecosystem approach, by the time Google wakes up to what is so powerful about the Amazon approach, it's probably gonna be too late. It's a really good point. I wanna I wanna reach back to the part that we were talking about uh, a little bit earlier on how these companies, how how the competition evolves stack upon stack upon stack, and how the the, um, the, the financials are almost like a lagging indicator. There was a really good article uh, relating to this in terms of Microsoft and how the the uh, the financials that they've made so much money on for so long that on-premise software, enterprise software, they're actually worried that in the next little while it's going to stop spinning off as much cash as it historically has. Oh no, totally. This was a great piece. I, I'm, I'm probably going to write. About, I I want to write about it just because. I mean, I've been so busy. Uh, I I have mentioned this, but I think not strongly enough. Like Satya Nadella gets a ton of credit for the way that he has marginalized Windows mm. and focused Microsoft on on their their cloud opportunity, which is Azure on one side and is Office 365 on the other. I mean, there's other stuff that goes into it, and they have lots of interesting analytics software and stuff like that, but those are kind of the two headliners. Mm. The The problem, though, is the vast majority of the revenue, everyone knows Windows is fading, but actually the biggest part, the biggest profit driver for Microsoft for quite a while has been, and the biggest moneymaker, frankly, has been on, yeah, as you mentioned, on-premise enterprise services, which are much, which are transactional. So there's lots of interesting things going on here. So they sell like on-premise software, whether it be Windows Server, whether it be Exchange, whether it be uh, uh, you know MySQL uh, or the Windows SQL, and all that those sorts of things. And they're usually sold with traditionally enterprise style, like an upfront transaction with like a service agreement. And one thing that's nice about this is that all fits in nicely with I mentioned their whole ecosystem, right? They have these system added resellers. Uh, or I'm using the wrong acronym, but like all this whole ecosystem that goes in and sells those things and makes money on them. And it's a relationship over time. They develop these businesses and it's super sticky. Mm. The, the problem is that it's super sticky until it's not right. And you kind of get an Oak tree sort of thing where an Oak tree will stand up against the wind until like it cracks and then you're totally screwed. And the shift to the cloud is, is really disruptive to this. And it's really disruptive because, you know, as long as stuff was on premise, you could lock things together. And so it'd be easier just to buy another Microsoft product than to buy another product. You have to integrate them. Mm. And Microsoft could update one piece that would require another piece to be updated. And if you update that piece, might as well update this other piece and blah, blah, blah. And you get, and you, like, you, you get the, like Microsoft, the way they could increase their spend per customer. Like once you were into the Microsoft system, Microsoft would just slowly just like take more and more money from you every year, every year, for years, for decades. Like it was like, I mean, Steve Ballmer was deviously brilliant about this particular aspect of their business, the way they would they would increase the amount they make per customer. The problem is once you go to the cloud, the that all falls apart because th- the need to make stuff work together 
and, and it, it is is less than significantly because you're not the one maintaining the servers like the the cloud vendor is right and subscription pricing doesn't work with all these all these like uh, value-added rese- resellers and doesn't mm. work with your sales team because how do you make a commission on that? Where's where's their money to be made, right? Because it, on a subscription instead of an upfront transaction. And so like Microsoft would make money upfront and then their resellers make money on like service agreements, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Where's the service agreement for a cloud product? It, it, it's like, in the subscription phase. Right, exactly. And so they have all this cruft that it, this is – like this is even more of a disruption potential problem for Microsoft than Windows was, which is saying something, right? Because that was that was arguably a, just a structural change in the market, and Windows didn't Windows didn't get disrupted; it just kind of faded away. I, it did broadly, like in the way that mobile disrupted PCs, but that's like a mm. very very like structural industry wide thing that for sure impacted them and Intel, but kind of out of their control. This one is is a little more narrow, and it's it's absolutely disruptive. This idea that these SaaS products become good enough, become good enough, and and Microsoft is locked in with their biggest money-making part of the company, which they can't abandon because to, to abandon it would be to would be to just like how is it that the revenue is held up in the decline of Windows because of this, right? Um, and yeah, there it's a hard, it's a difficult situation, and so uh, this article is really interesting. It's right they need to accelerate. Azure and their kind of hook with Azure is that they can help customers move off of on-premise to the cloud and have like a hybrid sort of environment and Microsoft's uniquely suited to do that but mm. yeah well mm. yeah is that really yeah I don't know that sounds <laughs> well it's like it's like it's like the Apple thing right Apple can leverage iOS to to do better in with like Siri and with all these sorts of services mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like that's a really dangerous game to play because at some point you have to have a, especially when you're moving to an environment where there's less friction, you need to have a good product. And if you're competing based on leveraging your old products, like at some point you have to deposit back into that bank account that you're drawing down on. And, you know, and I've Microsoft, like why should a new company go to Microsoft? If you're not locked into Microsoft and you need Microsoft to rescue you from the mess that Microsoft mired you into. Right. That That's exactly it, right? Uh, it, people get uh, – it, it, it's like um, – it, there's, there's this funny stuff inside of human mentality. On one hand, sure, it's like, okay, well, they've always dealt with my stuff. I'm going to trust them with the transition. But they've been making all this money and all of a sudden, uh, all of a, sudden a new model comes along that's – typically more economical than than the traditional old way of doing it. And then all of a sudden, Microsoft comes along and says, oh, don't worry about that. Like, we'll, we'll help you get there. It's like you, it, it, there's this mentality inside of people's heads sometimes that's like, hang on, you're making all this money and only now when there's competition do you decide to offer something else. Um, it, it, people can get a bit frustrated, but even more than that, it it is such a uh, insidious and unenviable position to be in, whereby this thing that's held your business up for so long, you are balancing on a knife's edge, trying to get people over to the new version that that to Azure and and the cloud based stuff, while at the same time not completely destroying the existing business. And how you think about something like incentivizing a sales force becomes like such a trick 
tricky problem because I've made so much money in the past, but you know it's not going to keep working in the future. And if you tip it too far one way or the other, you can really make life difficult for yourself. No, it's it's almost impossible because all the basically all the behaviors that you have spent thirty years rewarding are now the right. wrong behaviors. Mm. Like it, it's no, it's it, it's a huge problem, and it's why Microsoft is by no means out of the woods. I mean, again, I I, I praise Nadella a lot just just because I, I think what he's accomplished to date has been impressive. But that was part one of of, of a of a multi step game. And again, yeah, the question I come back to again and again and again: if you are a new company, why would you buy a Microsoft product? And frankly, the main reason is because Google has really dropped the ball with Google Apps, in my opinion, uh, and it's not as good as it should be. I would love to see um, a startup like really t- – and there's lot, and there's several trying, but this the whole email contact sort of thing. I don't think Google's been great at it either. Uh, it'd be interesting to see – I don't know. Maybe there there might be an opportunity there. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, you know, Slack is approaching it from a different perspective, but mm. maybe 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 that's the right one. I mean, I I certainly am very bullish on them as well. Yeah, it's they they're doing great. So anyhow, uh, yeah, I guess it's the it, it's a it's a thematic it's a thematic talk in some ways. I mean, like. It, in some respects, there's almost like a a nihilistic sort of view of this. Like this is what like this is what happens, and it happens to great companies. It happens to bad companies. It happens to good companies. Like the world changes, things and change, the, and the things that made you successful in the past, as the environment changes, n- no longer make you successful. In fact, they can actually they can actually drag you back down. And yeah, I mean. It's it's I, I think it's a big part of why it's so hard to maintain success. Uh, it's not that they can't come back, but but hit after hit like in successive paradigms, whether it's enterprise or consumer or wherever it is, is so hard because like you almost need to hit reset. Like I would rather like if I was in Nadella's shoes based based on like that description of, of the circumstances he's in, I'd rather be coming at it with nothing than coming at it with the, the legacy of what's made Microsoft so successful in the past. It sounds like such a difficult problem. Absolutely. I mean, I think the, the human bias is to look at a new a paradigm shift and to just you assume the dominant mm. companies with all the resources will continue to dominate. But the truth is the assumption should actually be the opposite. To dominate into a next paradigm is almost certainly the exception that there's actually very few examples of it of it happening. It's true. In fact, what what makes it what's remarkable is how long the a number of these tech companies have lasted where they've failed at paradigms and then come back afterwards. Right, because well, because everything goes in a circle, right? And, right. And so, as you mentioned, you you do get you do get often, you know, a, you do sometimes get second swing at things. But then again, I mean, we haven't been around. You know, the tech company, the tech industry yes. is is pretty old, and there's a lot of you, you. There's probably an aspect to the second time you go around, you're weaker, and so you see you see a company like IBM, for example. Like IBM had a great second life as kind of a services systems integrator. Mm-hmm. Sort of, sort of company, but now it's like they're like you talk about this cloud shift and this idea that you don't need someone to tile weave all this stuff together. 
like IBM's that that's they're what's running, killed IBM. Like the, the cloud out killed of places to go. Yeah, the cloud killed IBM because IBM is is redundant and unnecessary. Like what what is killing the Microsoft or what is threatening so seriously the Microsoft on premise business is is what probably will have been like the 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 final bold IBM and they'll, they'll continue on in some sort of form. But the I mean they've just been bleeding for like going on you know four or five years now. Mm. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. I, I think I would agree with that meta assessment. And I, I you know, it's, um, it is reminding me of one of our very early conversations that we had um, around whether um, old companies or new companies ought to be, uh, uh, well, not ought to be, but are more likely to be successful. Um, uh, and even from a societal point of view, whether it's good or bad. And I remember us having a little bit of, a little bit of tension uh, around that, and I, I think I probably have, um, I think I've probably come closer to your point of view um, over the course of these couple of years. In that, it is harder, it is harder to to maintain success over these successive generations. It just, it's just for, for as you start digging in and as you understand the challenges that they these companies face what's necessary and the extent to which you're just starting at a disadvantage when something new comes along like this. Um, of course, like you can get around it by, by purchasing uh, and smart acquisitions and keeping them separate as opposed to just sucking them into the mothership and, and using treating them as existing resources or one way around it, but certainly not easy to do. Yeah, I, and, this is, and this gets back to, I think one of the reasons that one of the areas this came up is why I'm not necessarily perturbed about like you know all these companies returning cash to 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 the shareholders, for example, because like actually you if you think if you presume that as things change, new companies are going to be much more efficient and do a better job and eventually going to win. Like the sooner we get the cash out of these old companies and put them in the new companies, the better. If you think about it broadly from a societal standpoint. Yeah, I mean, where does that leave you with Amazon? Well, I mean the, the the thing the thing with the thing with Amazon I was thinking about this when you were saying this. We talked about, you know, like Apple for example, Apple, the fact Apple has all these iOS devices and the iPhone's mm. so dominant, like that gives them such a huge buffer period, right? To 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 mm. figure out figure things out. Same thing with Microsoft, the fact that they built up such a dominant force even as it faded away they had time to adjust even though they were so late to adjust right and they say in this bloomberg article boy wish we had started earlier yeah wish you would have mm-hmm. but they still have a chance just because they deposited so much leverage in the bank right and i mm. said they've been drawing it down and they're gonna have to re- they're gonna have to redeposit it but they have time what amazon is doing building these things is they're building up the the hugest bank accounts in the world which is an ironic thing to say about Amazon is they don't you know collect profits, but from a a moat perspective, from a leverage perspective, like they're building up these positions that are going to be so hard to assail that they they will it will carry them for a very long time, and you know they're they they, they again it's, it's almost it's hard to almost envision what is going to. You know. do, you re- do you remember that? Uh, did you ever see that terrible old Kevin Costner movie, Waterworld? That's kind of what Amazon, like it, it, most companies build a moat. It's like reminding me of that Bezos quote, if you have the biggest lungs, 
you want to lower the oxygen down to the level that nobody else can survive. Like if you extend that to moats, it's kind of turning the planet into water world. It's just like covering it with water such that the whole thing is completely impenetrable to anybody. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, the one thing is Amazon is relatively limited ge- geographically, and that's part mm. of the issue with them being, you know, many of their moats. And they talked, Je- Bezos talked about that, about what's interesting about Prime is it's a, it's a, uh, it's both analog and, di- or it's both digital and, and physical. And mm. a lot of what Amazon is doing, doing is like that. And, you know, like they're building, like they actually built a retail store, they might build, build some more. And what's interesting about those retail stores is because they're built with the assumption of Amazon.com, they can design a very different store. Mm. I was actually talking to someone who is, is kind of reflexively anti Amazon in like pro, like, you know, independent bookstores and their big meanies and stuff like that. And he's very, very much, he's even with the left of you about this stuff. And, and he's like, I hated it, but I, I loved their stores. And he's like, because like all, all the books, like it was one of the Beatles point, all the books showed the covers and like, I'm a very, he's like, I'm a very visual person. And it was so engaging and it was just so fun to walk around in there. And he's like, I had to like keep telling myself that this is Amazon, <laughs> but why can they do that? Because they don't need to carry inventory. They don't need to carry right. a lot of books. They can they can choose the five thousand highest rate. Because like every single book in that store is five store five stars, except for the bestseller list, which we carry all the books on the bestseller list, and they're not all necessarily five stars. Mm. Like it's it's the best physical bookstore on earth. Given the assumptions that we have right now. Because you can start with the assumption that Amazon.com exists, which yeah. Barnes Noble couldn't, and, and, and your independent bookstores can't. And, and probably still can't. Even if, even if they like like Barnes and Noble to they should but that, they, they can't. It's so hard organizationally to admit that kind of thing to yourself that you're you're so far behind or a competitor is so dominant that we need to rethink the way we do in order to survive in this new world. Like that takes it. It's just so hard to do. Yeah, and they don't have the data. They don't have like that's any, true. Yeah, well, they could have someone wander around the Amazon store and copy them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They open one store, but it's just it's just an example of. I mean, the way they're, 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 they can again, they're by presuming the evidence of one part of their business, they can build up another part of their business, and it's it's may or may not work out, but you can certainly see how it could, and it fits very much the way they approach you know all kinds of areas. So that was our that was our 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 love our love story to, to Jeff Bezos and Amazon. But I mean, I it's, know it was it's the ultimate Amazon bull case. We've done bullish Amazon before, but I feel like it it got to a new level today. <laughs> it, it did, it did. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, I I, yeah, I I I enjoyed the conversation, but I hope I wasn't too out of it. So apologies to everybody no, no, listening no, if that no, was the case. No worries, no worries. The, this the, the spring is almost over, and you can step into a summer of. A summer of health. It will be. It will be wonderful. I like the sound of that. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. I will talk to you soon. Sounds good, mate. See you later. Yeah. Bye bye.